Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, we proudly bring to you at a Studio 212 in the heart of Seattle, Washington, this is Physical Culture Radio. I am your host, Greg Jones, at Coach Greg Jones Instagram and Facebook, along with my co-host, Chris Edmonds. And the topic we're talking about today, guys, is prioritizing your eating training plan for the year and overall a 2019 plan and setting priorities for that plan. Mr. Edmonds, what are your plans for the year? Let's start there. All right. I feel like you shortchanged me. We always talk about training before. <laughs> we do talk about training. So and you, and you met, that's why I gave you the segue okay. into, into you talking about 2019 and, and what yeah. plans you have for yourself. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, you messed with my head because I was going to go right into – I've had such a stellar week of training, man. It's uh, one of those things. It was kind of the, the peak so far has been this brutal leg workout I did yesterday. Um, it was – to give you guys some highlights, it was uh, seated leg curls. Um, and, I, and I've been using that hammer strength seated leg curl. It's plate-loaded because I, I really like that. And it just – I can feel that from like the right behind my knee all the way up to my glute. Um, and I've yeah. been really working on getting stronger at that and uh, with maintaining good form. So I'll strap that seat belt on super tight. And uh, so it started there. And you know, the goal was to do 10 to 12 reps to absolute failure, then tack on 10 partials, and then do a 30-second ISO hold at the top. Oh, wow. And it, oh, it was great. I, I mean, that and line leg curls are probably – two of my favorite hamstring exercises on the planet. So we went there and then from there some abduction or sorry, adduction, um, like I normally do. And then it was right to leg press where we did worked up to 14 plates aside. And, um, the goal was to just do as many as you could. So I ended up getting, um, 13 reps and then you rested wow. two minutes and, and you repeated it. So I got 13 on the first set nine on the second set. And then from there it was straight to, um, a five plate, uh, on each side hack squat where we kind of worked up to that just doing feeder sets and then the two works so i did a set of eight which was moderately challenging but then it culminated with a cluster set so you did eight rested for 20 seconds did five rested 20 seconds and then i did four and by the time i got that last like little mini set like, my legs were just shaking like crazy um from there it was back to the leg press um with a narrow stance and uh okay. it was you did a couple feeder sets and then we started with eight plates aside and we did eight dropped to six for eight plates dropped to five for eight reps and then we finished with four plates aside for 51 reps um and that was all without racking it and then from there we finished with some uh glute pull throws in the cable to like tie on like glute hamstring get a good stretch and that took about an hour and 15 minutes and my legs were just smoked yeah um, I, and I, th that's the kind of stuff that i love like super hard very efficient um you know broken broken some rules there with doing leg press twice in one workout but yeah you know, it, <laughs> that's what i like and that's what i love so that's kind of like what yesterday was like then today i had kind of a a, a a more of a back off it was still challenging but it was a back pump day with some biceps tacked on at the end but yep. Um, to answer your original question, what's my 2019 look like right now? Like training is just clicking and I feel like I'm just growing at a pretty good rate. So we're going to keep the pedal to the floor yeah. um, until I either get burnt out of eating all this damn food 
or um, you know, just something that presents itself throughout the year. So the right. goal was just to keep growing. Um, how about yourself? What do you, what do you want to do for 2019? So I'm, you know, I am beginning to heal from my shoulder issue, my triceps. Uh, I kind of got onto a new little um, therapeutic treatment, self-treatment for my old injured body parts. And what I do is I get this stuff called Dragon Balm that has uh, CBD. It's it's like it's like icy hot, but with CBD in it. And mm-hmm. I, I put that on prefacing every workout. So my shoulders, my elbows, my lower back. Um, but what I've been doing is I've been taking this grassland tool and I got this plastic grassland tool and I've been scraping my tricep, scraping my shoulders, breaking up that fascia and my tricep, my, you know, the problematic right long tricep, um, had, uh, felt a lot better doing it. Um, my pressing felt better today. I was able to do machine overhead presses and my shoulder, was just going to exhaustion and fatigue. It, it wasn't hurting, which is which is new. Uh, and my pressing felt cool. Uh, went up to just 90s, but I did 12 reps and I did like 17 reps with the 80s. And that's heavier than I've gone since before my injury. Actually, probably in a couple years, as far as incline uh, press. So my shoulder and my shoulder felt fine, and my tricep oh, felt great. fine. I went yeah. So. Given that, what I'm going to do is I I feel like my time is limited being in my later 40s now, and I feel like I don't have years and years to grow, and I've attained the size in my past. I've weighed in between 240 and 250 in my past. I feel like if I'm just healthy and can push that I probably shouldn't wait two or three years. I don't have time on my side like you do because you're you know, a good 10, 12 years younger than me. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, just try to keep training healthily, uh, up till about May. And then I want to start a prep. I want to look at, at my body with you. Um, and hopefully I'll be, you know, in between 230 and 240, uh, fasted. Um, and at that point, you know, I, I tend to build into a show. I don't lose a ton of weight. Um, no, when I don't. start dieting, I don't, my, I mean, I'll lose like 10, 15 pounds, but I'm not like the big 20, 30 pound cut guy. My, my body likes to remain at a, so, so if I'm around 220, 225, I think I'll cut up at 210. If I get yeah, up to 230, 235, I think I can cut up around 215. And that, that will, you know, for me be bringing an extra 10, 15 pounds of stage weight because I cut so drastically last couple of shows. So I, I just, I, I, bottom line is I want to fucking get on stage this year and I've set the goal for myself. I want to push myself and get there. Um, and I, I mentally, I, 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 I think I'm ready. Um, as long as I continue to train in a safe manner, uh, and build and, and do all the things that I know I need to do body wise, I think I'll be in a pretty good position to get back on stage at the, at the master's level. Um, and I'll compete probably in some local shows, maybe, uh, you know, open bodybuilding, but then, you know, at nationals, I'll definitely do master's divisions, whether that's master's nationals or 
North Americans or, or, or what have you, what, the different ones that have the master's divisions and uh, just fucking go for it, man. Balls to the wall, pedal to the metal. Like I don't, I don't know any other way. So, you know, that, it's, that's you know, it's my... really cool. Like th- this shows two very different uh, mindsets of what we're going to talk about, which is cool to me. Right. So you not having time on your side, knowing when to prep, um, it's very different because you're like, listen, I might have five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 runs left where right. me, I have, you know, 10, 15 years left, hopefully right. God willing. And as long as my spine holds up, um, but I go, I know when to start a prep and this is going to sound weird to a lot of people, but my body tells me when it's time. Like I get tired yeah. of just smashing all this food. Um, and it's just time. Like, I, I, I typically don't sleep that well at the very end because I always I, I joked with my clients this week that my neck almost feels like it's caving in on itself when I get above 240. Um, <laughs> and I probably need a CPAP machine. And I'm just too stubborn to get it. Um, but like, my body would just say, okay, it's time. And, and I just know it. it's a feeling. It's a sensation. The first yeah. time I competed, it was because my boss encouraged me to do so. But I, I go purely instinctual when it comes to that. Um, the last time... I, the last time I competed actually wasn't as planned or nearly as planned as I liked it to be uh, because I just started kind of dieting and said, oh, let's just see where it goes. Like, I just want to lean out a little bit, do a recomp. And the next thing you know, we were at, I don't know, probably seven or so percent body fat. And we decided to just drop the hammer and, and, and pick a show and do it. So that was very different for me last time. So when I could go to compete this this coming season or next season or whenever that may be, it'll be much more calculated and much more instinctual. Like I knew in 2016 that I needed to kind of refocus my mind and refocus my meal plan. I'd gotten to a spot where I was like super high carb, moderate protein, very high fat. And I didn't really like the look I was taking on. So that's why I was like, you know what, let's let's kind of change directions here and go back to old school, which is high protein, high, high carb, moderate to low fat. And then it just worked out really well to where I ended up getting on a bodybuilding stage. So to me, these two separate approaches of, you know, you only have a select time. So let's go ahead and compete versus me being instinctual about when it's time to start a diet. Um, I'm not one of those people who likes to, you know, I, I'm never going to be one of those guys who competes every year um, because I like to just see too much drastic change from one show season to the next. Um, yeah. And to me, I, I don't put on muscle tissue nearly as fast um, to be able to make those drastic kind of improvements. And plus, I just hate the way my back and arms look. So I want to make those better and ensure that I'm bringing in improved physique. So at this point, your tissue is pretty much there. You can add some fullness or some size. But, I mean, I, I don't foresee you gaining 25 pounds of lean muscle tissue over the next two years. No, uh, no. Unless, unless you just hit a huge growth spurt and something crazy happens. So, um, you know, to, to everyone out there, when you're going to go plan your 2019, 2020 strategy, these are all things you want to think about. Like, are you a more calculated person or are you going to be more instinctual? Or are you just going to listen to your coach? One of those three are the option. Right. And that kind of you know, leads us into the mesocycle and yearly eating plan. What should your plan be for the year? And a lot of, a lot of things play into that. So basically, you know, what are your primary goals for the year? So if you're new to training, um, and 
you haven't been bodybuilding for that long, uh, then you should probably grow unless you're, you know, really obese and need to drop some fat. Um, you should probably work on muscle growth for the better part of two years before you even think about stepping on stage or, or, or doing, you know, uh, a contest prep and, um, you know, fully depleting your body and, and trying to get rid of all its body fat and show it on stage because you have to have that, that raw tissue, that, that muscle to show. So I get a lot of younger people hit me up, asking me questions and, and young, you know, younger, you know, mid twenties, even, you know, software engineers coming in going, I want to look more like you. How do I do that? And, you know, even if it's somebody online or somebody that comes into my gym, first thing I tell them is we need to get you consistently coming in the gym and we need to work on a consistent eating plan. And this is a slow process. It doesn't happen overnight. So, you know, just, just, just be, you know, be at peace with making little, just changing everything and your body will come along. Now, genetics aside, um, I think then you also have, you know, people that, you know, some people that are going to train natural, some people that want to get in and, you know, experiment with, you know, uh, performance enhancing drugs and, you know, get on TRT, uh, depending on the age and, you know, gender and, and what have you. Usually more guys are kind of more geared towards, hey, I want to, I want to implement something into my training program that helps me build more muscle. Like I see all these guys in social media at the gyms that are over 200 pounds and they're thinking this is what I need to do to start. I, I understand where they're coming from. I understand the mentality, but at the same time, I, I feel like people look too forward before they need to, you know, before they have the basics down and the basics, you know, the basics are, okay, well, what kind of training or working out have you done in your past? You know, what do you, what kind of experience do you have in the weight room? And what have, what has your eating been like the last five years or a couple of years? If you've been training, if you have not been training, you know, and, and working on any kind of uh, bodybuilding, keto, intermittent fasting, what have you kind of diet that, that people will try because they see all kinds of different shit online. Um, then, you know, let's start with something simple and, um, you can go into all the, you know, the problem is people are so inundated with all these different things that they, they come and they say, well, what do you think about intermittent fasting? And I'm eating keto and, but I want to build muscle and I want to put on 20, 30 pounds. And I, and the first thing I say is you're probably not going to build a whole lot eating keto. <laughs> right. And you're not going to be fueling the body to where the protein is then going to be used to build muscle tissue. Your protein and fats are going to be used for energy. And you you may maintain the muscle mass that you have, but you're not going to build. And then you get into the whole insulin thing and sensitivity and shuttling glucose in the cells and the whole science of the, the whole thing. And you kind of go over people's heads a little bit, but basically you have to come back and say, you need some fucking carbs in your diet and yep. otherwise you're not, otherwise you're not going to grow. Um, you know, he, here, here to me is, is, are the main issues, right? Um, we always do uh, a ton of one-time diet specials at the first of the year in black Friday. And we see a lot 
of new clients with these goals, right? I want to build fat. I'm sorry. I want to burn fat and build muscle at the same time. Yeah, right. And my instant response to that is always, you can't ride two horses with one ass. You just can't yeah. do it. Pick a goal and attack it. A handful of people can do recomps, meaning if you've had a lot of time off from the gym, like you're a great example of this. You came off an injury. You you could simultaneously gain muscle and really we're just regaining old muscle and burn fat. You could do that. Right. No problem. And I don't yeah. doubt that one bit. But someone who is going to be forging new territory, meaning gaining new muscle that you've never had and burn fat simultaneously is very, very difficult. And especially for the natural client with little training experience, it's just not going to happen. So yeah. that's the first thing I always encourage people to do is pick a goal and let's do it. So let's kind of talk through each different body type. If I get a person coming to me and they're above 20% body fat, you should not be thinking about gaining lean muscle tissue. Your goal was maintaining muscle and get that fucking fat off. End of story. I don't yeah. care. If that was me, if that was a client, if that was my kid, if that was a, you know, a normal person that asked me about that on the street, that's goal one. Let's get your body fat into a normal range, meaning 10 to 12, 10 to 15. If you're a man, if you're a female, somewhere below probably 18. Um, then we can start looking to improve your physique from a muscle standpoint. Another body type that we get, we get kids who are like that like weird skinny fat who want to see their abs but really need a lot more muscle tissue. Like that's in the grand scheme of life, like that's my least favorite body type to work with because you're in this like no man's land of where you're skinny, but you're not lean, but you don't have any muscle. So with those, <laughs> it's awful. Like those are the people that are hard to work with because you have to make them realize, Hey, we're going to have to follow a strict diet. You're going to get this fat off and then you're going to be really skinny. And that's not a good look for most guys. So right. what you want to, unless you want to be a high fashion model and that's a whole different story. Um, but those that's the individual where we need Harvey hard, heavy training with their nutrients timed around their workout. And then the rest of their day needs to be geared towards losing fat or they need to take two years, be okay with being a little on the heavier side, meaning probably 12 to 13% body fat to build a base of lean muscle tissue. And then we get the fat off and then they have a, a physique that's worth looking at. Um, and then the last group of people is the true like ectomorphic body type where they're just real skinny and they, they don't really know what they want to do. They're like, I don't want to be big like a bodybuilder, but I don't want to look like this anymore. And with those people, you just have to get them to pound calories, train hard and right, and then yeah. they grow. So if you look at that spectrum of individuals, the first thing I always try to do is let's figure out what your number one priority is, not two or three, because like we just had one that the guy wanted to gain muscle. He wanted to have a higher total in the gym with bench deadlift and squat, but then he needed to lose about 50 to 80 pounds of fat, depending on how lean he wanted to be like that's <laughs> so many conflicting goals. Right. Um, like single one out at a time. If you want to get stronger, let's focus on that. If you want to build muscle, let's do that. If you want to get this fat off or more under a more manageable way, can we do that? Now, a lot of times, a lot of people that come to you just with poor eating habits, if you just simply give them a ton of protein, structure their carbs around their workout window and get them doing some regular cardio, you can achieve a lot of those goals together or simultaneously. But right. to me, if I'm going to pick a goal, I want to achieve it maximally. So, to me, there's a reason in a contest prep, especially the last eight weeks, 
I'm not concerned about bringing my back or arms up. My goal, number one goal, is getting fat off. Yeah. If I'm in an off season, I don't care if I can't see veins in my lower abs year round. My goal is gaining new lean muscle tissue. Um, so that's number one to me is you have to come up with a priority of goals and be a slave to number one at the end of the day. Um, is is that what you see with clients? Yeah. And, and I'll relate this to myself. I think we're all a bunch of neurotic goddamn people at, at the core and at the heart of things. And you want to see, you want to see if you've been in shape before and you've had the cuts and definition, it's hard not to want that and yearn for that when you're in the off season and, and kind of still, you know, <laughs> want to train and, and eat to get that back. I look at myself in the mirror a lot of times at the gym as I'm getting pumped up in the muscles and I want my fucking definition back because you kind of look bigger. <laughs> you look bigger right. as, as your conditioning comes in, especially in tank tops. Uh, not so right. much if you're, if you're covered up, but, there's a little bit of a neurotic identity that I think we have with our bodies where if we see somebody that has carved out shoulders, their back is defined, their traps, you know, their arms, they're veiny, they're defined. You go, you know what? I want to get lean again. And you're looking <laughs> right. around yeah. and, but it, that's counterproductive to building muscle. If you look at any of the big, guys and i know it's you know we probably shouldn't throw the genetic freaks in but it's it's hard not to look at them everybody it very very rarely are you going to find somebody that gets really big and builds a lot of muscle and stays really freaking lean like it just unless you're a genetic goddamn anomaly and just a freak of nature you're going to need to put on some fat you're going to need to lose some of your vascularity and that's going to be a little bit of a mind fuck for me here from January up to May, because I know I need to push, push the food. I know I need to push the training and I know I need to not trip out on, you know, because I'm around 10% body fat. I had a DEXA scan and I was at 12 at, you know, 220 pounds. Um, we'll see back to last week. I, I, my guess was 11 and a half, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, he, you, yeah. You guessed really close. Um, and, uh, that's fine for me in the off season. I still, I still feel fat because I right. got so fucking lean a couple years ago and I stay so lean anyway, but now that I'm kind of trying to build size and get, you know, in over two thirty into the two forties, um, some of that just has to go by the wayside to get a fuller rounder look. And, and I realized that, and so I think, um, people, you, you need to, you need to compartmentalize your training. And you, if you don't, if you don't, the problem with our, with our own view of our own body is we lack objectivity. We're so fucking subjective with how we view our body and look at ourselves that I think that alone is the prime reason why you need a coach. And why you need a second set of eyes and second set of, you know, person looking at you. Um, and if you try to hit your poses, for instance, let's say you do quarter turns and hit all these mandatories and hit some poses in the mirror and take pictures, have somebody take pictures of you. 
And then you do it with somebody like a posing coach like Kenny Wallach, posing by Kenny, um, who's a fucking master at what he does. If you think you can present yourself in the best way possible by you posing in the mirror with your girlfriend or a buddy taking pictures of you or you, you know, putting your phone on a timer and taking pictures, even if you're looking in a mirror, you're not going to be able to get the be- into the best positions that if you have an expert looking at you like Kenny, I had my side chest and my back double bicep and my side tricep in a, in a bunch of these different poses that I thought were decent until I went to him and he started tweaking my feet and tweaking my positioning and tweaking how I held my wrists and my hands and my elbows. Pretty soon he sends back these pictures of me and I look like a bodybuilder that weighs 20, 30 pounds heavier. Without a doubt. And I use this analogy of taking pictures of yourself because you can with, with angles and with the right, you know, objectivity and somebody tweaking these things for you, you can appear and and you do look better and bigger. Now, if, if you take yourself out of the equation with diet and you're in a building phase and you have somebody tweaking and adjusting a diet plan for you, you're sending in photos, you're growing, have that person who knows what they're doing, adjust it for you. Don't try to adjust it yourself because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. First off, and secondly, you're not going to make the best decisions for yourself. I've tried to do shows by myself and I, and I, and I look like shit. And, and until I turned my body over to you and John um, and started working with Mark Dugdale, that's when I started making better gains and improved my body. And I don't even know if I put on a tie, you know, I, I gained some of my old muscle tissue back that I had from, you know, when I was in my twenties and thirties, but it's how you present it. It's how you train. It's how you eat. And you need somebody to tweak these things for you. Even with the posing down the stretch, get a posing coach. And Kenny Wallach is, have you seen these posts that he has? How many goddamn people he turns pro? He has like 70 to 80 people. He turns pro like 2017, 2018. I mean, Division winners, class winners, IFBB pros. It's it's amazing how many people he works with and how many people Listen, he helps. I, this is going to sound like a marketing tool for him. Uh, other than him just helping me and my clients, I get nothing from this. So he this advice, he is the best in the business, hands yeah. down. And you know yeah. why? Because he fucking cares. He is beyond passionate. He has helped me for every single show the last five years. He's helped my wife. And he's helped countless clients of mine get into the best possible poses for their physique. And everything he does is 100% customized. He maximizes your physique. That dude put 10 to 15 pounds of muscle on me in five minutes by changing all the little things that you just spoke of. My, you know, my ankle being at a certain angle, my wrist being a certain angle, my elbows being here, my stomach being here, like quad posed this way versus that way. He makes you gain muscle and look yeah. better and more polished. And one of the big things he impressed upon me early in my bodybuilding world was he said, Chris, it doesn't matter if it's your first show, you can still pose like a pro. It does Absolutely. not matter how much 
yeah, it does not matter how much muscle you have or how little muscle you have, you can still present your physique like a professional. And that's the kind of stuff he holds you accountable to. He takes your yeah. photos when you pose for him as freely at first when he is assessing you. And then he takes your photos again when he tweaks you and then puts those side by side for you. And you see, man, holy crap, was I doing that wrong? Which it feels very unnatural at first when he gets you in those spots. But then you look at the photos, and you're like, nope, that's it. I'm better. I'm bigger. Yeah. I'm fuller. And it shows me a better yeah. light. So that's the thing with, with Kenny. He's the man. Don't go to anybody else. There's a reason he's booked and has so many damn pro cards and class winners and overalls. That's the reason. Um, but to kind of get back to one of your beginning points, the reason a coach, in my opinion, is, is so effective is I have zero emotion tied to your eating. Does that, and I'm going to speak specifically about you. If you're starving, right. I have no emotion towards it. I don't yeah. I have zero emotion. I don't give a fuck. My goal is to get you in shape. If you're doing your own meal plan, you have emotion evolved. You could be yeah. hungry. You could have a stressful situation. You know, your wife could get in a fight with you and you're like, you know what? I deserve a cheat meal. I look flat today. I'm going to go eat a half a jar. I'm going to go eat a half a jar of fucking peanut butter because my wife got right. mad at me. <laughs> uh -huh. Right. Right. You know, you get in the gym, you don't have a good pump and you're like, oh, that's it. I need more carbs. I'm, I'm flat. Guess what, bro? You're six weeks out. You don't need to be full right now. Right. Let someone that has zero emotion tied to your meal plan, cardio, and exercise make those calls for you when shit gets important. It's extremely yeah. beneficial. That's the reason it works. That's the reason it's effective. You know, it's no different in sports. Your coach doesn't care if you run one more gasser and you throw up. He doesn't care. His goal is to bring the best possible you on that field so they can win a game. End of story. Yeah. Um, and then to get back to another one of your points, which is huge, right? How many competitors have you heard say this? When they're deep in the contest prep, they cannot wait to get in the off-season and eat more food and train harder and heavier. And then when they're in the off-season, they have – they're like, man, I just want to – I want to have veins all over my body again. I want my glutes <laughs> to be dug out. Like, it's always that conflicting mindset of right. you want what you don't have. So yeah. when you're in a deficit, you want to be Grass is always greener. Surplus. Yeah. You know, yeah. I always like – like right now for me, right – the one thing I miss about contest prep is how mentally dialed in I am every minute of every single day in that ravenous hunger, right? Like, I wish that at 90 minutes after every single meal, I'm ready to eat my arm off instead of force feeding meals down. Well, when I'm in the con when I'm in a contest prep, I'm like, man, this hunger drives me bananas. Like, I'm tired of it. I want to be full for once in my whole day. So it's always that conflicting mindset of, I want what I can't have. And the way you get over that is just learning to be content where you are in the moment and maximizing every single second of that given situation. Because right. guess what? In 20 weeks, in 50 weeks, I'm going to be suffering again and not have nearly as much food as I do right now. And then on the flip side of that, in a year to two years, I'm going to be so full of food, of chicken and rice, of beef and potatoes, of eggs and oatmeal, that I'm going to want to throw up. So... It's always about being content where you're at and remembering never, 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 if you care about this stuff and you're chasing whatever dream it be, may be of being a pro or looking hot for your husband in a bikini on your vacation or, you know, being ready for your wedding, whatever that may be, like that payoff will be well worth the time and energy you put towards it. Um, so when you make that goal sheet and make that priority, you have to figure out what's number one first and foremost, and you have to attack it. So right. the, the way I kind of do this with most of my clients that come to me is if you don't already have a good base of lean muscle tissue, that's step one. We have to build it. Right. Um, from there, 
after you get a good base of lean muscle tissue, let's chisel that fat away and let's see where your weaknesses are. Now, that may be simply just pulling like a mini diet and seeing that, or it might be falling through and going all the way to a stage or stage leanness. Um, and then we build a plan off of your weakness. So let's say you're lacking legs. We're going to build an all-season program towards that. If you just need more size in general, you're simply too small, then we're going to go back to the drawing board and create a plan to build overall size. So then we get back into working into a surplus of food. You do heavy progressive training geared towards your weaknesses. Now, at the same time, now when I say that, people hear me say say a program geared towards your weaknesses, and they're just like, oh, fuck it. I'm not going to train my strengths anymore. I'm just going to focus on my weaknesses. And that could not be further from the truth. And the simple question I ask people that say that is, did Tom Platts ever take a week off training legs? The answer is no. He had the best wow. legs in bodybuilding history. I didn't so know that. Despite, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. the answer to that question. That's interesting. So, so I, I always tell people that, right? Another great example of that is John Meadows. I, that dude trains one legs once or twice a week for years on end, and he has some of the best legs in the bodybuilding, in my opinion. Um, there's a reason he doesn't take off of them. Now, what you can do with that is you can back off the volume and the frequency of that great body part if you have a standout body part, but you still want to keep the trainer, in my opinion, because you want to keep chiseling away, making that body part better, but at the same time, not utilizing so much energy that you can't bring up your weaknesses. So from there, once you're in a deep in an off season, you're in a surplus, you're growing muscle where it needs to be. I want to maintain that for months on end. Um, Something cool that Shelby Starnes taught me was the first time I ever got above 230, we were getting ready to do a bodybuilding show and, and start a contest prep, and he made me maintain 230 scale weight for at least three months before we started a diet. Wow. I like that. And that's something, yeah, that's something that's very rarely talked about. And what he told me was you have to force your body into that set point of 230. Just because you get to it doesn't mean you immediately diet down okay, I achieved 230, now it's time to diet. No, he made me get to 230 and hold that. And our singular goal every week was to maintain a scale weight of 230 to 232. And he made me hold that for three months before I started a meal plan to a, do a contest. Plan. Yeah. So that's something to be said because you want that muscle to stick. The moment you start dieting, that new muscle has a tendency to want to disappear. So right. get to that sticking point, maintain it. So how does that apply to say, a stay-at-home wife. Well, if you just gained a bunch of new glute tissue and your butt is big and round and full, the moment you get there doesn't mean you just start like a super rich calorie-restricted diet with tons of cardio because that new muscle is going to disappear quick if you aren't careful. So from that, let's say you maintain whatever that new set point is for you with your new acquired tissue. That's when we start a cut or a show prep all over again. Yeah. And it's, it's a constant checks and balances or a report card, so to speak, of here's where I am now. Here's where I need to improve. Did I fix some of those arrows? Yes. And then what can I improve on in the future? Um, now, where that leads us into is what you talked about early in the show, which was people who cut or diet for shows too frequently. The people that do that, who's constantly stay shredded year-round or they, you know, diet and diet again and diet again and do another show and do another show is they don't make drastic improvements because they're never in a surplus for too long. Um, have you experienced that with any of your clients or personally? Yeah. You know, 
um, and more female than male. Although I know some mm-hmm. guys, um, a buddy of mine named Salah who just took second at the Arnold Novice, and then he went to the Bahamas and competed there and took first in his class and lost the overall. So he's doing really. He's a he's a masters um, heavyweight like I am, about the same size as I am, uh, maybe in between myself and you. He's got he's got some good size. He kept he competed. God, it must have been five or six times. He competed till the all the way to the end of the year. He did some shit in the Bahamas. Did you know that show? The show. Oh yes, the, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So he went and did that one. It was like right before Christmas or some shit, and. He'd competed all fall, and I think he started in the summer, and um, and maybe it was maybe it was even before summer, but at any rate, he competed for about six months straight. Like every other month, he'd be doing a show, and finally, he was he was showing these pictures, and I I razzed him online. I was that troll. I was that internet troll, but I did it because <laughs> I I stood behind what I was saying. And he actually damned me and said, he said, you're absolutely right. I, I need to build size now. I said, you need to get bigger and fuller. Stop doing shows. <laughs> get into yeah, the fucking yeah. off season and grow, bro. And then he DM me and he was like, you're right. I'm done with that. This was my last show. I'm going to build size now. And because I, I felt that that's what he needed. You know, he's, you know, needs more size and his upper body and his legs. And that's, that's what I needed. And that's what the judges told me. And, you know, I, I'm going to do my best to really bring up the certain body parts that I have to bring up. And if you have a coach looking at you or you've, and then you get on stage and you compete and you get judges feedback, have people prioritize your training and look at you and go, okay, well, we need glutes or we need arms or, you know, we need back or whatever the case is. You have to make and base that mesocycle, that overall 2019 plan and growing and compartmentalize things down into little um, blocks, if you will. And I know that John Meadows, um, who who Chris works with uh, in the Mountain Dog plan, they do a lot of priority training where they'll do blocks of training some muscles up to three times a week for three to four weeks. And you'll do that. You don't do it forever, but you do it in little blocks and do that overreaching uh, philosophy uh, to make those uh, lagging body parts grow. And we talked about lagging body parts in the last episode. So, uh, you know, if you want to go back and listen to episode eight about the lagging body parts, we go into detail about that. And also guys, if you ever have any questions, hit us up um, on Instagram either at uh, C Edmonds or uh, Coach Greg Jones or through our Physical Culture Radio Instagram. Ask us these questions because we want to address your guys' questions, your specific, um, you know, the things that you want to know individual to you, you know, above and beyond what we're talking about. If you have specific questions, go ahead and hit us up. Ask these, these questions, questions online. Um, again, Coach Greg Jones is my Instagram. C Edmonds is Chris's and or Physical Culture Radio. Um, you can find us on Facebook and then also on Instagram. DM us, ask us these questions, and we'll take a show and we'll actually address all these questions that you may have. Don't worry if you think a question is too stupid, if you think it's not 
you know, if it's individual to you and it's important to you and you have a question, ask the question. We will answer it to the best of our abilities. If we don't have the answer ourselves, we'll do the research and ask other coaches and trainers and doctors and whoever we need to access to get the answers to your questions, but, but definitely hit us up. Um, now how to move forward. Uh, where do people start? Do they start with a consult? Is a consult a good thing? And then, Hey, here's where I'm at in a questionnaire or how do you go? How do you start it, Chris? Without a doubt. You know, we, we get these all the time and we're very fortunate to get those all the time. I, I say it like it's just a fluke thing. No, we are super fortunate and we are glad that people come to us and, and seek knowledge on how to get better. Um, so what the first thing I always say is, what are your short-term and long-term goals? Send me photos, shoot me your scale weight, and then what have you been eating and what's your trending look like? Yeah. Um, I like to see that like kind of snapshot overview of everything that's going on. And then you have one or two types of people. They put it all in my hands and say, come up with a, a game plan. Or they say, here's the show I'm doing. Get me ready for it. Or should I pick a later one um, or a sooner one, um, depending upon the person and where they are at composition wise. So that that's what I do. Um, we, we look at the big picture of, and this is something I talk to you about a lot, um, that a lot of coaches don't factor in. And, and that's where you are mentally outside of the bodybuilding world um, or all your ducks in a row at home, meaning is your family life squared away? If you're going through a divorce, that's a really hard time to prep for a show or really make a drastic life change if you're trying to lose a bunch of fat or gain a bunch of muscle because especially if there's custody battles with kids that's really difficult now i'm not saying people haven't done it but that's one of the things i look at do you have a steady stable job meaning is your schedule going to be relatively the same now if you're a police officer for example and you're on a rotating shift meaning you work 7 a.m to 7 p.m and the next two weeks you work 7 p.m to 7 a.m you can still plan for that and you've been doing it for a while. Um, you know, typically the people who do the best with me are their all their normal life goes on autopilot and then they can focus hundred percent energy on their contest prep or their goals, whether that be lose fat, gain muscle, whatever. Right. When you run into outside problems, if your son comes down with cancer in the middle of a contest prep, good luck. That's super hard to balance all those ducks. If your business gets sued and you have to go to court and deal with litigations and lawyers and you're looking at millions of dollars on the line, if you don't win this court case, that's going to cause stress and your mind will lose focus on the end goal for you, meaning show day. So I always encourage people to get their ducks in a row or all the yeah. things that are within their power as normal as possible leading into that goal achievement phase. So that's number it's one. a commitment um, it's a it's a commitment yeah and you got it yeah um, you, you can't have all that outside distractions if you have all that shit going on you need to be in more of like a maintenance plan yes agreed yeah control agreed. your eating i know i know at the very end of a contest prep my business is not going to grow because i don't have the energy to put towards it yeah as i should as I normally would in an off season at the beginning of a prep. And it's not because my mind is loose. My mind's energy and f ability to focus goes all to bodybuilding. You can't um, fucking think you can't fucking no. think when you don't have any carbs in you. It's, it's <laughs> no. next to impossible. Right. Yeah. And when you're doing one or two sessions of cardio every single day 
and you're having to train what, once or twice. What's gonna a day. be what, what's gonna be as funny as shit is if we're both in prep and doing this show, and <laughs> what we sound like when we're deep into a prep, like about a month out, and the hammer gets dropped down on both of us, and what we're gonna <laughs> what we're gonna sound like to all the listeners because we're gonna be up in the fucking clouds. My mind gets hyper focused, and little things piss me off. You know, right. when you lack sleep and energy, so the show might take a turn for the positive in terms of uh, the ability for you guys to laugh. So the, the, yeah, there'll be some rants. There'll be some definite yeah. rants. Um, you know, I always, I always find that I, I tend to judge people who eat poor a lot more when I'm like eating fish and asparagus five times a day. Um, I just, <laughs> as I'm sure fucking guys know. eating their um, McDonald's. Look at those guys over there. They're fucking eating donuts <laughs> too. Those bastards. But anyways, get back to your question. Um, from there, I want to make sure your body's in order. So what do I mean by that? Are, you know, do you have any aches or pains? Um, you know, do you need surgery? Do you have any issues with uh, like your spinal alignment? Like we want to get all those in order. So, you know, if your neck's all jacked up from a car wreck, um, I want to make sure you go to the chiropractor and yeah. get that starting getting taken care of. So when things do start getting hard, that doesn't rear its head in the form of having to take the time off from the gym or having to take time off of cardio because your body literally aches or hurts. And like, that's what's held you back is I'm sure you would have done a prep in 2018. Had you not had any injuries? I know that. Um, but the smart thing was for you to take time off, get the Absolutely. surgeries and then come Absolutely. back in 2019. So that's number two. Um, and then lastly is I really, what I like to do right. is I'm going to take this full spectrum. I like for most people to be eating the opposite of what their goals. So if, you're coming out of a show prep, going into an all season to build. I want your calories to be at the rock bottom. I want you to be freaking shredded to the bone. So your insulin sensitivity is really high and we can reverse diet out of that and then go into a productive all season where you still have full muscle separation everywhere. You're vascular, you're eating 500 plus grams of carbs in a day and you're doing minimal cardio going into an all season. That's a perfect setup transition into an all season. If you were going off season to a right. prep i want the exact yeah. opposite so i want your uh to do minimal cardio if any i want to uh have your carbs and calories the highest they've ever been and I, if you're an enhanced i want your drugs to be next to nothing i want I mean, i'm talking trt doses a little bit of growth hormone and some, maybe some nolodex right. because we're about to unleash hell on your body meaning go into a deficit, we're going to increase your supplements, and we're going to increase your cardio. So I like to be the exact opposite of what your end goal is. Um, and, there, and to kind of go back and touch on a thing I just glossed over, um, in the past I've told you guys I love off-season cardio, um, and that's true for heart health, for being able to train harder. But something cool that I do personally is a month or two before I start a show prep, I'll, per I'll make a point to pull all cardio out of my – uh, plan each week so that I get deconditioned to cardio so that when I restart it or reintroduce that, I can use that as a fat burning module. And that's something a lot of people don't think about is they go into a prep doing tons of cardio. Well, guess right. what? The only way you're going to get fat loss off of that is to increase what you're currently doing. So especially with females that like to do that, it's a sneaky little trick. I'll personally get them deconditioned so that when we reintroduce, say 20 minutes of moderate intensity cardio, they start burning fat off that again. And they're like, holy shit, that's great. Um, but they freak out when I say, hey, let's do no cardio for two months and maintain this current look with no cardio. And they're like, how in the hell are we going to do that? And I'm like, well, that means you're going to train harder, damn it. 
Um, so it's kind of a cool little trick that I like to do. <laughs> Put those ca- calories and carbs to use. So that's a cool <laughs> trick and technique and more things that go back to why you need a coach, right? I wouldn't have known to do that if I hadn't worked with hundreds of people on how to do this. So right. you kind of take everything that I just threw at you guys and Greg just threw at you guys. Um, and we want to make a list. That's step one of everything you want to achieve in 2019, 2020 and make a priority out of that. And then from there, just come up with a game plan, either personally with action items or that's why you hire a coach. That, that, that pretty much sums it up guys for Chris Edmonds. I am coach Greg Jones. We will talk to you next time.